day. This is a new season. The shackles are being broken and newness is moving forth. Lord, we thank you in advance for all the new mercies each and every day. Lord, we thank you for your forgiving power, your power from most on high. But Lord, we thank you for this time and season in Black History Month that not only do we remember our past, but we get to know a history that maybe we all didn't know. Lord, thank you for the revelation knowledge. Thank you for all that is being set forth. Lord, move me behind the cross. Let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be acceptable unto your sight. Lord, we thank you for all who are serving, all who desire to serve, and all who after today are moved from where they used to be into a new heart of service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I want to start this sermon off with a simple statement. God is great. Turn to the neighbor and say, God is great. So get behind from behind the veil. Oh yeah, I said so we need to get from behind the veil. Amen. God is great. Remove the veil. Remove the veils in our lives. I want to read this, this statement to usher us into why God is telling us that we need to move. Amen. This is Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. It was all that he read, but it simply says, Therefore, and whenever there's a therefore in the Bible, we need to ask God, what have you put it there for that we may know what to do with it? Amen. Therefore, since it is by God's mercy, whose mercy? God's mercy, that we are engaged in this ministry. What is the ministry that we're doing? In our church, the ministry that we're doing is making disciples for Jesus Christ. They are not only made, but they are sustained by the love of Jesus Christ. We don't just say fish and follow, and then we don't want to keep and help and sustain. So this is the build the spiritual journey. So it says, since it is by God's mercy that we're engaged in this ministry, don't lose heart. You mean don't lose heart. Why do I say that? I want to put a pause there. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart if your children aren't doing exactly what you thought. You've invited three people to come to church, and all of them say, no, not right now. You are, don't get lost in heart because you've invited somebody to come and work on their report card and work on their scholarship application and they haven't shown up not one day. Mm-hmm. Don't lose heart when you have prayed for your children and they look up and you say, now look, don't come crazy in this house because God has been what? Great and too good. Amen? So we come right now saying we are renouncing the shameful things that one hides and we refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. But by the open statement of truth, we commend ourselves to the consciousness of everyone in the sight of God. That's a bold statement in the name of Jesus. And I want you to understand that where we are going is simply an understanding and an exaltation that God is great. We are proclaiming not only his greatness, but living in such that we are now bold enough to say, "Mm -mm, not like it used to be, not like it used to be. Used to be was great. But used to be was yesterday. So I want you to look at the group of scriptures. I'm not going to read them all, but I want you to get this connection. So I'm going to spend a little bit of time right now. Write these scriptures down. Actually, they're on the front of the bulletin. So it's not that you need to do anything extra. But look at those passages. Exodus 34, verses 29 through 35. I want you to highlight in verse 29. It says, Moses came down from where? Mount Sinai. 
as he came down from the what? The mountains. He had the two tablets. Does anybody remember what the two tablets are? Everybody knows the Ten Commandments. Tell me, did you see the movie growing up? Charlton Heston stood there. He's wearing the Charlton Heston. You know, he just read that. Because those are the things in our minds that we remember that Charlton Heston was yet Moses. Amen. And some of y'all that haven't ever seen the Charlton Heston, it's at the video store. Amen. It's at the blockbuster. But he would come down bold. But when he came off the mountain, it was interesting that he didn't have that veil over him. That the scripture talks about. So that's why I want to remind us that there's sometimes you see it in a movie and everything's not captured. Amen. Amen. But the, the take the word of God. It says he came down from the mountain with the tablets and covenant in his hand. Does everybody understand that covenant is an agreement? Covenant is a commitment. Covenant is a blessed assurance that you will agree and God has placed something upon you in such a way that it's not like you've got your fingers crossed behind your back and say, I think I'm a do. But a covenant is a mandate. A covenant is a holy agreement. It's not just any old agreement, is it? A covenant. And this covenant at hand, Moses did not know that the his skin was shining because he had been hanging out with Jesus, talking in the, you know, just dialoguing. And when we look in the commentary this week, it's important to understand why could Moses talk to Jesus? Why could Moses talk to God? Why could Moses connect with the Spirit? Why could Moses deal and speak and know that it was a God of greatness speaking unto him? So you see, Moses already had a connection with the Holy Spirit. A lot of times when we look in the Old Testament, we have to be reminded that God is one in three. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Even though we don't necessarily fully connect into the understanding of how bold it was to know that he is the Father and the Holy Spirit until we move into the New Testament, until the revelation and the fulfillment of what was in the Old Testament comes to pass. But God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit was there in the beginning when the Creator made earth. You and I weren't there, but you and I weren't even manifested in that time period. But God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit were all there. Why is this important? Because Moses had already had a visitation from the Holy Spirit. Anytime you can see a burning bush and can't nobody else see it but you, there's a visitation upon you. Something has happened that allows you to see the impossibilities of life. And everybody else says, I don't see no bush. What you talking about? You done lost your mind. He has gone to the mountaintop to see a greatness and a greatness he did see. So the thing I want you to think there is imagine being Moses and your face is just shining. Holiness has just gave you a suntan that is greater than any imagined. You are just glowing like pregnant glow. Ooh, I can see it, I can see it, I can see it. But when the Israelites went to talk with Moses, they had to have a veil. They had to have a little hidden veil. What happens sometimes when you get a veil? Then you don't see the glory. You don't see the holiness. You don't see the expectation. But you can focus in on what's hiding it. And that's the veil. But he said, get rid of the veil. But the bottom line is sometimes you need to be able to say, God has spoken unto us and the veil needs to be gone. So I want you to connect with the book of Exodus and go back and see the history. 
And then when you go into Psalms 99, it's a psalm of exhortation. It's a psalm that Holy Ghost kind of psalm. The Lord is the King. Let the people tremble. He sits on and throned, and the earth literally quakes out of the glory of the Most High God. He is just shaking it up. Shake those chains loose. I mean, come on. And he says, in verse 7, he spoke to them in the pillar of the cloud. That they keep his decrees and his statutes. Oh Lord our God, you have answered them. You are forgiving them. But an avenger of their wrongdoings extol the Lord our God. We worship you at the holy mountain. For the Lord our God is holy. So the thing is, not only is he great. He is holy and what? Worthy to be praised. He is a lover of justice. He is a king of kings. He is holy beyond holy. And he expects that his people would praise him. Sometimes you say, well, it don't take all that, Lord. And we don't have to go there. When you look back over your life, when you look back through the history books, when you look back through the extensions of today, when you look at the fact that as African American people, Sunday was the day that we would simply be able to get ourselves together for the rest of the week. For it says in this book, come Sunday morning. Many of us understand what it means to have your Sunday best on. Some of us don't even understand where the Sunday best came from. Red house, y'all are looking mighty fine. Church, y'all are looking mighty, mighty fine. But there was a time period in our life that the only day that we could even come unto a bit of holiness was when the slave master said, you can now convene and talk to that your bad God. Amen? Because it was at that moment in time that they gave us the freedom to talk to Almighty God. There was a time in this world where we would simply say, come Sunday morning. Many of us know Duke Ellington. We grew up listening to his jazz music. Some of us don't understand he was a quite religious man. He wrote a song called Come Sunday. If you go to the United Methodist Hymnals on page 728, but it is a holy song. He recorded that song with Mahalia Jackson, the queen that could sing like no other. I won't attempt to sing the words because I don't want you to miss. And you might have to say, please put the veil back on because that's not your gift. The holiness of God may not fully come back. But the essence of come Sunday morning was to remind us that we were somebody because God had affirmed it. We were somebody because God had spoken to us. We were somebody because this was Sunday morning. Can you imagine that Sunday morning kind of feeling when you know as soon as you leave the building, soon as you leave the fellowship, soon as you leave that pot of food that everybody had to eat out of, you would have to be back on the top seat. The whip would crack on your back. The agitation of somebody calling you a nobody would be alive and living in your life. Why is this important? Because when you get to 2 Corinthians, it starts out simply with the statement that since then we have such a hope. We act with great boldness, not like Moses who put a veil over his face. 
to keep the people of Israel from gazing, but that their minds would not be hardened. And it skips on down in verse 17. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit is, there is freedom. So part of what I want you to leave this day with, if you understand that God is great, your shackles have been broken, your body has been loosened, your mind has been set free, there's something different about walking with a God that has set you free. So she who is free is free indeed. You're not bound to what used to be. Oh yeah, I preach this by myself because our history has taken us to a place. We have been to the mountain But we can't live there. And that's where this sermon begins. We have to come down off our mountain. We have to come back from the edge of the sea. And we have to simply say, I've seen the water flow. I've seen the experience of justice rolling down. Yeah. Like water from the great mountain. I can imagine standing on Mount Sinai. But I can also imagine that I might be a little fearful of height. That's where some of us live our lives. Fearful of going to the mountain. And once we get up on the mountain, fearful of coming down. It might get too good up there. I might not want to take my veil off. The Holy Spirit may move in such a way, and the mountain might be so powerful that I just say, you know what? Make me a little house up here on the mountain. I don't have to live with the people. So I stopped by here this morning to say, yeah, but we do. There was a group of students from Old Van High School this week that taught a group of students in Vida, Texas, the Martin Luther King mountaintop speech. The teacher said, I was a little leery about going to Vida, but Vida needs a chance to heal just like we do. But did he make CNN? Did he make the big paper? Did you hear about it? The bottom line is sometimes we speak the negativity to such a degree that we forget about what it means to come down off the mountain and walk by faith and not by sight. Those children got with other children. Because the Lord thy God said what? It is our children that will lead us. It is our children that will show us what today is about. Today, right here, those children who danced before you, who lifted up praise, will take that praise to the street. They'll go to Vida, Texas, protected by a Holy Spirit that will guide them to another level of understanding. Why is that important? Because some of us are still walking off the mountain with a tiptoe. We took all of Jesus when we get up here. And you want me to go to Vida, Texas? You done lost your mind. Oh, no. It ain't God of Texas, it's the fear that sets in us. It's not God of Texas. Everybody in Bible has some of the same things that everybody has been put off the Texas. Let us not give more power to the situation. Because the truth be told, we learn prejudice, we learn racism, we infiltrate it, and then we implement it. But to the glory of God, the Spirit is breaking that shackle. He said, what you look like on the outside doesn't measure the character of your heart. What you look like on the outside doesn't speak to the mighty glory that I have set for your life. Why is it difficult for us to get from the mountain to the bottom of the mountain 
and do the work God is calling us to do. I'm glad to ask because when we have a covenant with God, we got to live our covenant out. And some of us have lived it out silently because our feelings were hurt a long time ago by somebody who we sure didn't think they should have said that. The oppressor has kept us oppressed even when the chains have been broken. Because our past has set up a new level of oppression deep down in our minds that our hearts, we say, forgive, 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 heal, heal, heal. But we don't take the first step. We speak it, we hear it, but we won't take another step except this step is one. We tell our children, do as I say do, not as I do. Well, this is a 21st century kind of child. This is a 21st century kind of world. And they say, you know what, that won't work for me no more. Walk together, children. Don't you get weary. Step by step. That's why I ask the ushers. The ushers that are in the spirit of the most high God to go get somebody and walk this out by prayer and supplication. Walk this out together. Move in a different way. Walk by faith and not by sight. For God has told us, yes, I expect you to climb the mountain and pray. And I expect you to pray with a healing expectation that God would move. But God also said, I expect you to come down from the mountain. Knowing that there's needs at the foot of the community. Know that there are hurts. There's unforgiveness. There's diseases that are rampant. And I expect that you would use your hand and your heart and your soul to reach across to somebody and say, uh-huh. I've been there. Uh-huh. I got somebody who's been on drugs. Uh-huh. I got somebody who's been hurt. Uh-huh. I got somebody who stepped out and went the wrong way. Uh-huh. I know what you're talking about. But I'm going to pray for you and walk with you. But God said, I want you to commit to the love of Jesus Christ. And even if there's somebody who has a child that needs to be saved, and just when you go over to reach out and touch them, they get the mic. Oh, don't touch me. My mama said, you can't touch me. You can touch them with the word of prayer. You can say, there's a goodness in you. I speak unto your good spirit. I speak unto the goodness of the glory of God. I say unto the goodness that God is a healing God. God is a loving God. God has sit to God and say, uh-uh. You got to go, demon. You can't run this child. You can't run this house. You can't run this school. You can't run this community. And he expects that our covenant with him, whose his faith showed upon Moses, that we would take it and say, it ain't right. It ain't easy. But I call upon the most high God to bring a healing, to walk it out. Talk it out. Live it out. Pray it out. Because guess what? There are things that we learn from our history. When Mama pulled the pot up, she had to call people's names. The pot was simply on the table, and you came. And the bottom line is we come to fight 
for the healing of our children. We come to fight for the healing of our families. There ain't no more cover. We have to take the veil off. We have to stand up for Jesus. We have to be willing to proclaim that God is a good God, that God is the glory of God, that His greatness is enough to sustain us and rebuild our lives, rebuild our families, reset our churches, reestablish careers of honor and glory that He's called us to do. Every single one of us. You may say, I, I pass on the tire. I park in one of them handicapped spots. I don't walk like I used to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But you still employ to the Lord. Because God has asked us to share the faith. He lifted in such a way that you would stand in the gap with wisdom in your heart and say, ah! Say you're going to make us not my children. And my children's children. And my children's children's children. I done came down off of the mountaintop. And it's going to be a different day. Because if I don't do anything, I'll pray every hour. And call my children by name. Don't call them Pookie. That's a good name. But call them what they name. So the Lord knows who you're talking about. Because there's a lot of Pookie. That's a pet name. Call us who we are. By the grace of the Most High God. So I invite you today. When you look at the passage. And it says that Jesus says these things to Peter. John and James, he was saying, follow me, follow me, follow me. He's saying to us, he's saying, follow me to the end of the earth. To teach our children, to love our family, to fellowship with one another, to know each other by name, to look in each other's eyes and say, who he I took my veil off, and yeah, I got tears in my eyes, too. I'm a cry with you, boo, because I know your children are worth crying over. But I also know when you finish crying, ain't nothing like a sister that I'll finish crying. She'll get up from the field of the earth after she done made cotton, pick cotton, set cotton to the side, and pick that baby up and say, oh, I done cried now. I done got good now. But the glory of God. Will rain down yeah. like it's never rained down for the, because he said in the passage that the glory was shining upon him. That the word from above said, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the teacher said, When the Lord said to the teacher, I beg you, I beg you to heal my son. Mm-hmm. That's a statement for all of our children. We ought to be on bended knees, yeah. begging God to heal our community, and asking God, what is it that you want me to do to make it happen? Yeah. So today, when you think about the veil and the transfiguration, Jesus rising and being up there with Elijah and Moses and James and John, the new disciples up on the hill praying them said, I'm going to just go ahead and make you a little room while we're up here. They didn't realize that he was showing them the vision of the future. I'm going to rise in the heavens. And I will send a comforter that will help you walk the rest of this journey. But when you come down from the mountain and you connect and there's a demon in your midst, don't forget what you see on the mountaintop. And let it come on down and speak up to your situation and say, God has given me the power 
back the glory. The veil has been lifted. God, God, God 